0: Well, good morning. Happy New Year. This is Mandy Jordan, and today's her birthday and her baptismal day. Mandy, is is Jesus Lord of your life? Yes, sir. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in Him, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Him in baptism. Raised to walk, very And this is Daryl Jordan. This is Mandy's dad. And today, been a Christian for a lot of years, but today he is announcing it to the world that Jesus Christ is Lord of his life. Is that right, Darrell? Amen, that's right, yes. Darrell, in obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in him and your testimony, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism. (laughs) Raised to walk in a brand new life. Amen. (laughs) All right.
1: Good morning, New Covenant Church! If this is your first time visiting with us in person or online, welcome! We're so glad that you've decided to worship with us today. At New Covenant Church, we invite all people in the communities where we live to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. You can learn more about NCC, become part of our church family, or join the volunteer team by going through our Connect class online or by attending one of the upcoming in-person classes. If you'd like to bless what God is doing through the ministries at NCC with your tithes and offering, you can use the offering boxes or give online at newcovenantlampasses.com. If you've got any questions about what's going on here at NCC or want more information on how to get connected, please stop by the hub after the service. Again, we're so glad you're here with us this morning. Now let's open and prepare our hearts for the word.
2: Good morning. morning. We're so glad that you're with us this morning for worship. Before we go into the message, I'm excited to share an announcement with you. Uh, I am thankful that we get the opportunity to serve in the kingdom of God. God has called us all, and we all have a part and a calling in ministry. And we're going to be having and hosting our first Serve Team Summit uh, January twenty-first from six to seven thirty p.m. We're giving a few weeks heads up because we want you to get it on your calendar and make sure you join us. Uh, we're going to use this time as fellowship. We're going to have uh, some uh, snacks. Say hors d'oeuvres, but kind of appetizers uh, will be provided, and drinks. There will be a time of fellowship beforehand. We're going to cast vision, and then we're also going to have breakout sessions based on the, the different areas of, of ministry that we have to serve in here at NCC. And this is open to all of you who are already serving, but also to any of you that might uh, be considering serving in an area but may not know where or where to start. You're invited as well. On the back of, of these cards, there's a QR code. You can let us know, RSVP, that you'll be attending. There's also going to be uh, child care provided from birth to eleven. Youth will be canceled that night because many of our youth are on our serve team. Praise God. They serve in our uh, middle school ministry. They serve in our children's ministry and other areas. And so we're excited to have them join us as well. Well, before we get into the message this morning, I want to start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you. For this time that we have, we thank you for the freedom that we have to gather here, Lord, to open your word, to teach from your word, to teach the truth, the word of God, uh, Jesus Christ himself. Lord, we ask that as we... Read from your word as we uh, come to you this morning to seek that the Holy Spirit would bring these words alive, Lord, that they would be transformative. Father, your word says that your word uh, is sharper than a two-edged sword, that it can cut and pierce through us, Lord, to to divide what's right and what's not, Lord. God, I pray that this morning uh, we will receive that revelation, that we will truly hear from you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I've got a real easy question for you to start out. Who likes ice cream? <laughs> Most of us, right? We like ice cream. We like sweets. And uh, as, as I was praying and preparing for this, this series that we're starting this morning on redeemed or redemption, uh, God brought ice cream to my mind of all things. Uh, I, he reminded me of my childhood going to Dairy Queen. Who remembers back in the day when you would go to Dairy Queen? I think, I know it came with kids' meals. I think it might have even come with some of the the adult value meals, but they would give you a literal coin. Y'all remember that? It was a coin heavy, like it was real metal, too. It wasn't, later on, they went cheap and went plastic. And today, I think in the kids' meals, it's actually a paper coupon that you tear off of the bag. But back in the day, there was a real metal coin uh, that said you could redeem that coin for an ice cream sundae. And, you know, I think one of the reasons they did that was that if they gave it to you with your meal, you know, by the time you got done eating and melt, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you wanted uh, to save it for later, you know, who, who knows what all the reasons that there could have been. But you had this coin, and that coin's only value was to be redeemed for that ice cream sundae. You couldn't take it to another store. You couldn't buy anything else with it. You could take it home if you wanted to. You could put it in a drawer. You could save it. You could collect them. But they would have no value unless you redeemed it for its purpose. Another very important thing that that not only applies to that, but in the case of any coupon or thing like that that we would get is you already own that thing. When you, when you purchased that meal and they gave you your meal and they gave you that coin or token, that Sunday belonged to you. It's yours. But you wouldn't get it unless you took the coin to redeem it. So no matter how much it was rightfully yours, you would never receive the benefit. You would never get to enjoy it unless you redeemed that coin. And I want you to keep... This example in your mind as we go through this message this morning on redemption. And this morning we're going to cover three things. The first thing is that God is our only opportunity for redemption, the second is that we have a decision to make, and the final thing is that redemption is for a purpose. Before we get into the first point though, I want to define that word a little bit more. What redeem means. It means to atone. To make amends for error or evil. To save someone from sin, error or evil. To compensate for the faults or the bad aspects of something. And then there's the word redeemer. A redeemer is a person. It's one who delivers. One who rescues. One who ransoms. If God is the subject, then God redeems individuals from death, from perishing. God redeemed Israel from Egyptian bondage, and He redeemed Israel from exile over and over again throughout their history. With these definitions in mind, let's consider that first point, that God is our only opportunity for redemption. Since the fall, God is... And has always been our only hope. He has made this clear over and over in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. We're going to look at just three of the numerous scriptures that make this point clear. In the Old Testament, God spoke through Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah forty nine twenty six and said, I am the Lord your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One, Jacob. That was in the Old Testament. Now let's take a look at one of the first mentions in the New Testament found in Luke 1, 68 and 69. This is where the Holy Spirit came upon John the Baptist's father and he prophesied, speaking of Jesus Christ. He said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And again in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 1.30 it says, And because of Him, speaking of God the Father, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus Christ became our wisdom. Jesus Christ became our Righteousness. He became our sanctification, and He is our redemption. God, through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, has provided for our redemption. We're going to look at this a little more later, but for now, I want us to consider the decision that we have to make. And this second point is really the biggest point of the whole message. We're going to be here for a while I really struggled with how to communicate it, how to present it, uh, because it just, every way that I tried didn't seem like it would fit. And I want to give you a warning right now that I'm going to say some things that you might even think are heretical, that are going to go against everything you've maybe always been taught or heard about salvation and redemption. But what came to my mind this morning as I was thinking about that was a conversation that Candy and I often have when we're watching a sitcom. And that's no matter how big the conflict, no matter how big the issue that's happening in that 30-minute episode, you know it's going to be resolved in the end, right? <laughs> it's like the world could be falling apart and we're 15 minutes in, but man, 15 minutes, it's all going to be good. So I want to assure you, just, just bear with me, hold on till the end. I think by the end uh, you'll understand what I'm saying. But what I'm gonna say now is not gonna sound right. So rather than calling this second point a decision to be made, one of the first thoughts that I had was, was saying that we need to understand our need for redemption. But the more that I thought about that, it didn't didn't really fit. It wasn't true. Did you know that we do not have to be redeemed? For that matter, we don't need to be redeemed. I also thought about calling a debt that must be paid. We've heard that our whole life, right? There's a debt, an outstanding debt that has to be paid. And we need to understand that. We need to understand the... the how huge that debt is and how how we can't pay for it. But that didn't work either. Because it's not true either. We don't have an outstanding debt with God. I know this is going against some theology that you've heard your whole life, but again, bear with me. And this is why I settled... On we have a decision to make. Romans 3:23 through24 says, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ." And Romans six twenty through twenty three says, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. I want to stop right there a second. Did you get what that just said? You were free in regards to righteousness. When you were lost, you didn't owe God anything. You didn't need to be righteous. You don't have to be righteous. You're not required to be righteous. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've all heard the gospel presented in accounting terms, right? We have a debt that we can't pay. And unless we come to a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the books are going to forever be out of balance. But that's not true. We just read it in Romans. From the moment that Adam and Eve Eve sinned, they died spiritually. Just like God said they would. The books were balanced. God's justice had been met. They had received their wages death, perishing, eternal separation from God. We can pay the price. We have all the wages, we're born with the wages. We're born without a relationship with God and we can remain that way for eternity. And nothing is out of balance. Justice has been done. The reason that we don't have to be redeemed and are not in need of redemption is because we don't have to have a relationship with God. He doesn't require it. He didn't require it of Adam and Eve. That's why they were able to walk away from it. They had a choice. And they chose to walk away. And we still have a choice. We still get to choose. And that's why we all have a decision to make. What about that debt? Isn't there a price that has to be paid? You know, my example of Dairy Queen, we paid for that meal. We got the token. Who paid for it? God did. There was a price to be paid, but it's already been paid. It's just like that meal. Everyone has been given the coin. We all have it. But we have to choose. We have to decide if we're going to redeem it. And I don't think we fully grasp the magnitude of our sin, the reality of our separation from God, the depth of our fallen state, or the complete deficiency of what we can do on our own, which is absolutely nothing. We can do nothing apart from Him. We have a very high estimation of ourselves. We may like lying to ourselves, making ourselves feel better. We all probably have one, if not more, people that we've chosen to compare ourselves to. Fill in the blank with the name of the person that makes you feel better about yourself. I'm not that bad. I'm better than who? In Matthew 4, we find Satan tempting Jesus. He tempted Jesus three times in three different ways. And we're going to look at the last of the three Found in Matthew 4, 8-11, it says, Again the devil took him, speaking of Jesus, to a very high mountain. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve and then the devil left him. Satan promised Jesus that he would give him all the kingdoms of the world, and all he had to do was bow down. He could skip the cross. The word used here for world is cosmos. That definition includes the whole world, the earth, and all the inhabitants of the earth. Satan was saying, I will give you everything. Just worship me instead of God the Father. Satan was making the claim to Jesus that he could give it all and he wouldn't have to face the cross. I don't think I need to tell you this was a lie. Satan's the father of lies. It was a counterfeit. While Satan may very well have been able to be true to his promise and deliver the world to Jesus the whole world would not have redeemed a single lost soul it doesn't cover it it doesn't cover what we did to separate ourselves from god pastor darrell touched on john 3:16 the last few weeks for god so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's the same word for world. Cosmos. He loves the whole thing and all the inhabitants thereof. And because of that, He gave His Son. And look what Jesus said to the disciples in Matthew 16.24 For world is cosmos. If we gain the whole world, it profits us nothing. If I were to make that deal with Satan and gain the whole world, if every president, if every king, if every ruler of every nation were subject to me, if every tax and tribute and revenue that were paid came to me, if the entire world was bowing down to me, I could not take that and buy a relationship with God. It's not enough. It doesn't cover it. What will we give in return for our soul? The one thing we cannot purchase or earn is our redemption. That's not how our relationship with God is restored. In Matthew 20, 25 through 28, it says, Jesus called them to him and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Son of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, did not come to be served. He came to serve, and he came to give his life as ransom to compensate for something that we can never compensate for. Jesus came to make the way for our redemption. He paid the price. In Matthew 26, we find Jesus' trial. At the moment that Jesus makes it clear that He is the Son of God the high priest responds this way in verse 65. It says, the high priest tore his robes and said, he has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? And they answered, he deserves death and they spit in his face and struck him, and some slapped him. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, sinless, spotless, in perfect unity with God the Father, condemned to die by us, by the ones who truly did deserve to die and perish, who had been condemned to death and separation from God. We condemned Him. The innocent one. The wage of sin is death, but Jesus had never committed a sin. He was going to righteously endure what did not belong to him. What he did not owe to make a way for our redemption. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. And Revelation 3, 17 through 20 really sums up everything that I've been talking about this morning. Verse 17 starts saying, For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Nothing not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. Well, that seems to kind of contradict what I've said. It says, we say we're rich and prosper and don't need anything, but what we really are is wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. But then he says, buy from me. How can we, if we're poor, blind, naked, pitiable, you're naked, you don't even have pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Where? How are we going to buy from him? He tells us right afterward, I'm standing at the door. Knocking. All you have to do is say, I want a relationship with you. Come in. I'll sit with you. I'll eat with you. For ever. For all eternity. He's paid the price. We have the coin. But there's a decision to be made. Do we want a relationship with God? If we do, that's all we have to admit. Everything's been provided for. If we don't, we're accepting our wages, death, forever, perishing continuing the separation from God that we're already living in. We're choosing, we're saying, I prefer this over a relationship with you. We've always had a choice. God sent Jesus to redeem, to pay for, to buy back what had previously belonged to him. Us. He created us. We belong and belonged to Him. And then we chose to abandon Him. At that point, He had no obligation, no reason to redeem us, to restore the relationship that we had broken. But He did. Do you know why? Because He loves us. But he won't make us love him. There's one last point, and that is redemption is for a purpose. It brings us back to our originally created state an eternal, unbroken relationship with God. At the heart of the Christian message is God Himself. Waiting for his redeemed children to push into a conscious awareness of his presence, to be with him, to walk with him, to open the door and let him come in, and then to be with him forever. Salvation, redemption is not about not going to hell, it's not even about going to heaven. We want want to avoid the punishment and go to a place where we can do whatever we want without Him. That's really what we're saying when we just say, I want to say I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ. But I don't want to follow Him. I don't want to be with Him. I don't want to spend time with Him. Can you imagine getting married? Going through the the legal part of the ceremony and getting your marriage certificate, but never being with your spouse, never even seeing them, never even meeting them. But you're married, I got the papers, and I've got books about my wife. I read about her, I read about what she likes, what she doesn't like. One of these days, I might be with her sometime in the future. But not now. I mean, that would constrain my life. That would require something of me. So one day, I might have a relationship with her. That's what the perverted version of the gospel that has been preached has said we can do. I'm going to hold on to my coin till the end. I don't want a relationship with God now. I don't want it affecting my life now. But I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Still be on my own. But I don't want a relationship with him. Do you understand the ludicrousness? What God has said is if you don't want to be with me, you don't have to. I'm not going to make you. But there is no option to just get it in the end. If we want a relationship with Him, it means we want it now. It means it's going to require something of us now. And we can't earn it. We can't pay for it. We can't buy it. It's already been done Jesus Christ was the only one that could cover it. And He did. And God the Father is saying, I've done everything on my part to restore the relationship that you broke. And I am waiting here for you. And all you have to do is open the door. All you have to do is say you want a relationship with me. And then we'll have a relationship
3: forever.
2: We've got a decision to make. Romans 6 said, Now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get, remember what it said the other fruit you get? death we've earned it we've paid for it we've gotten our wages we can cover the debt of being forever separated from God the other option is to become slaves of God and the fruit we get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life God describes us we don't like that word (laughs) We don't want to be a slave. But he also says we can be a friend. We can be a bride. We can be a son and a daughter. We're an heir to the throne. It includes all of those things. But it requires everything of us in that relationship if we choose to join it. I pray that we make a decision this morning at the beginning of 2024 to be in a relationship with God forever. And if you already weren't in it, that you started this morning. Will you bow your head with me as we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, the living word. Lord, that he is the only way, the only truth, the only life. And he loves us. And you love us, and the Holy Spirit loves us, and you want a relationship with us. Father God, I pray that we would hear you this morning, that we would hear that knock, and that we would make a decision once and for all. The ministry teams are going to be available to join you in prayer. If you don't feel like you've ever made that decision, they would love to pray with you in that. If you want to feel like if you feel like you're recommitting your life or just saying, I just want to give him everything that I have, they would love to pray with you. But I just pray this morning that you will make a decision. 17 says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. If we seek him, we will find him. I would be real open honest with you personally. The, the more that I seek him, the more time that I spend with him, the more I realize how little of a relationship I have. How little time I truly spend with Him. And it's it's not, we're not earning anything, we're not getting anything. I I hope that was clear in the message. The redemption has been paid for. Jesus Christ has made the way. I have an open door to a relationship with God Himself, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of all. What I what convicts me more and more every day that I walk with him is how little I choose to go to him. That's what this is about. The doors open. He wants to spend time with you. He wants a relationship with you, with me. Let's give him the time. Let's be in a relationship. Let's read his word. Let's spend time in prayer. Let's spend time in quiet time listening for his voice. Let's turn off all the garbage. And just be with him. Father, I just pray. I thank you your word. I pray that the Holy Spirit has spoken, has revealed truth, Lord, true revelation that would transform, that would pierce, that would cut into our hearts, or that we would know that we have heard your word from your mouth. And that that would build a desire in our heart to seek you and that we would see the promise we just read, that when we seek your face, we will find you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. The ministry teams will be available if you still would like to join them with prayer.